You're listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's program is entitled Running Down. Hello my radio friends, welcome to the program today and I sincerely hope this program will help you in understanding the Word of God and help you realise that it is true and authentic. God's Word, the Bible, has for a long time had its critics and there are, sadly, many people who do not accept it. And because of that, many deny the existence of God. Now, it should be realised that to hold that viewpoint is okay because when God created mankind, he gave us freedom of choice. We can choose to deny his existence. We can choose to live in opposition to God. We can choose to be evil. But those choices carry with them consequences, unhappy consequences. But God would have human beings know that he does exist, that he is the ruler of the universe and regardless of how we live our lives, that we are accountable to him. Fairly recently I shared with you three messages that are to go out into the world in the latter times of earth's history. They found in Revelation 14. The first of these messages or warnings is found in Revelation 14 verse 7. It reads, Fear God. And give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and the springs of water. There has been a huge investment of time, energy, resources, and money being put into duping the public that the world, the universe, and everything in it came about by itself. And this particular worldview is generally called evolution. It's my firm opinion that evolution is a scam. And I've shared with you from time to time some very sound reasons why you should treat the theory of evolution with extreme suspicion. Recently I finished reading a book entitled World Winding Down which supports the fact that the world we live in with all its different life forms was not self-made and did not involve uh, evolve from less complex life forms. Stephen Hawking, who is now deceased, was a theoretical physicist. He suffered a particular form of motor neuron disease called Lou Gehrig's disease that slowly paralysed him over decades. Commenting about the last book he authored, he postulated that the only thing necessary for the universe to form was gravity. Frankly, I question this postulation because unless gravity has something to act upon, no one would be aware of its existence. I can't imagine that for millions and billions of years gravity was wandering around an empty universe wondering what to do with itself. However, we do know that there are physical and chemical laws 
that govern how matter and chemicals behave. As an example, we have what's been called Newton's Law of Action and Reaction. Formally stated, Newton's third law is for every action there is an equal and opposite reaction. The statement means that in every interaction there is a pair of forces acting on the two interacting objects. The size of the force on the first object equals the size of the force on the second object. For example, when a bullet is fired from a gun, the energy pushing the projectile forward equals the energy pushing the gun backward. Hence, we have what is known as recoil. This law is fixed and unchangeable, just as with a number of other laws that control how matter moves, how energy is used, etc. One of these other fixed laws is known as the second law of thermodynamics. This law states that in all energy exchanges, if no energy enters or leaves the system, the potential energy of the state will always be less than that of the initial state. And this is also commonly referred to as entropy. In layman's terms, the law means that energy always seeks an equilibrium. Let's say there are two tanks of water. One's almost full and the other almost empty. When these two tanks are connected with a pipe, the water in the tank with more will flow into the almost empty tank and stop flowing when the levels are equal, that is, in equilibrium. If one or both tanks are punctured, the water flows out and spreads out, again, in equilibrium. I like to understand it this way. Imagine a child builds a beautiful sandcastle on the beach and decorates it with shells. Later in the day, the family leaves to go home. What happens to that sandcastle crafted with care and purpose? Well, entropy. The sandcastle gets jumped on by other beachgoers and wind and waves soon level that creation to completely meld into the rest of the environment, a patch of sand, indistinguishable from the rest. We see examples of the second law of thermodynamics in action all the time. A house left to itself, with no one to make necessary repairs, will eventually tumble down until it becomes a ruin. This result of the second law of thermodynamics, thermodynamics, as stated earlier, is known as entropy. Entropy is defined as the degradation of the matter and energy in the universe to an ultimate state of inert uniformity. Entropy is the general trend of the universe toward death and disorder. So order becomes disorder. Complex becomes simple. A tree, when it dies, slowly breaks down until there's nothing left. Entropy happens all the time. Now, we do not observe disorder turning into order, nor simple turning to complex.
But what we do observe is order becoming disorder and complex becoming simple. We see once beautiful and well-functioning organisms undergoing decay and death. Over time, a smooth roadway deteriorates. A shiny new car turns into a rusty wreck. A beautiful kangaroo turns into a carcass. Unless there is intervention, a rough, dusty road does not turn into a superhighway. The rusty car does not turn into a shiny new machine and a carcass full of maggots does not turn into a superb kangaroo. The complex structure or organism will inevitably break down to something simpler. It does not go the other way. Now this needs special emphasis. Entropy means that complex becomes simple. Simple does not become complex. Disorganised does not become organised. But what has this to do with the first angel's message and with evolution? Well, everything. We have been bombarded with false information by the evolutionists that simple organisms have somehow turned into complex ones over very long periods of time. Microbes to mongooses, trilobites to tigers, protoplasm to pelicans, and monkeys to man. So what processes are supposed to occur for this to happen? Has there been an increase of information in the DNA? No, that does not happen. Although we've been misled by the constant bombardment of false information, the evolutionist community pours out that changes take place because of mutation. Oh yes, mutation does take place, but there is a loss of information, not a gain. That means complex becomes less complex. In other words, things deteriorate. Geneticists have to say that with each succeeding generation of human beings, there are somewhere between 100 to 300 more genetic mistakes per individual. Now, consider the situation that would exist currently if the evolutionists were right that human beings came into existence between three to six million years ago. To be conservative, let's say it was three million years. A generation is normally about 27 years. So in the three million years, there would have been over 110,000 generations with at least 10 million uncorrected genetic mistakes. And the evolutionists have the gall to say that we, including all life forms, are getting more and more perfect or are at least at a perfection stage. The simple facts are that entropy would have wiped out the human race given that time frame. I personally find the evolution theory totally implausible. And I think it's fair to share information like what we're looking at today 
so that you too can see that what's been shoved down our throats is misleading information. Second law of thermodynamic states that with progress of time and through environmental influences, there is always a running down. What's perfect becomes less perfect. What was very good becomes less good. What functions well functions less well. There are many references in the Bible that unequivocally state that the world was created by God. Genesis 1 gives a brief account of how the world and its environment and life forms came into being. The first verse in the Bible is a broad statement about this, and it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And we're going to go on straight after the break. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long This is my story, this is my song Praising my Savior all the day long Perfect submission, perfect delight Visions of rapture now burst on my side Angels descending, ring from above Echoes of mercy, whispers of love This is my story, this is my song Praising my Savior all the day long This is my story, this is my song Praising my Savior all the day long Praising my Savior All the day long The most reliable book in the world, the Bible says, right at its very beginning, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And then there are outlined the six stages of creation of light, the firmament, lands and plants, sun and moon, fish and birds, land animals and man. The seventh day, God rested. So what sort of job did God make of creation? Well, Genesis 1.31 sums that question up. God saw all that he'd made, and it was very good. As you proceed through the book of Genesis, you can read about how long people lived back then, around about 6,000 years ago after creation. Genesis 5 has a list. There was Adam, 930. Seth, his son, 912. Enosh, 905. Kenan, 
910. Mahalalel, 895. Jared, 962. Methuselah, 969. Lamech, 777. Noah, 950. Ages like this are unheard of today. The current world's oldest person, at least at the time of this talk, is Kane Tanaka, a female who's reached 117 years. But even so, that's a long way short of 900 years. Average life expectancy in Australia is 82.75 years. It is easily extrapolated that because of entropy, life expectancy is much less due to genetic mistakes and other factors. The world is running down. Human interference with the environment gets most of the blame in the media. But according to the Bible, the world environment started out good, but has deteriorated since. It's in the process of running down. Instead of evolution, there is devolution. Entropy is taking place, and it continues to get worse. Some drastic measures have been taken to stop environmental degradation and global warming, and some of these measures might pause environmental degradation for a while. But this planet is doomed to extinction. And I'd like to suggest that our world is currently like a battery that's almost reached the end of its life. With a battery, you can warm it up to get a little more charge out of it, but that is merely a temporary measure. With a lead-acid car battery, you could add a teaspoonful of magnesium sulphate, that's Epsom salts, to each cell, but again, the effects will be only temporary. The only solution is to purchase a new battery. God is not going to try to patch up this deteriorated world, but will make all things new. And Revelation 21 verses 1 to 5 explains. John the prophet says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there is no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them, and he will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no longer any death. There will be no longer any mourning, or crying, or pain, for the first things have passed away. And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Write, for these words are faithful and true. So from the book I mentioned before, from pages 89 to 93, I've selected several quotes 
of what Dr. Wieland has said. And this is one. The disorderliness of the entire universe is continually and relentlessly increasing. Natural processes are winding the cosmos down to chaos, not the other way around. They are heading it towards the incessant chaotic movement of molecules, all at the same temperature, in that predicted final state, the universe's final heat death. It would reach it too, unless the one who wound it up in the first place were to intervene and to restore or replace this cosmos. And then he goes on to say, The second law of thermodynamics actually affirms the biblical scenario of a universe which required an all-powerful creator to generate its complexity in the first place. And by so doing, it helps confirm the total accuracy of the Bible, which describes this universe as wearing out via one of the most powerful and fundamental scientific laws in existence, which I mentioned before. Genetic engineering pioneer Dr. John Stanford has commented on the depressingly relentless effects of increasing entropy degrading the human genome with each generation. Our genetic decline is, as already noted, a part of the same set of principles and phenomena as we've been considering here, the overall bondage to corruption of the entire cosmos. Referring to God, Dr. Stanford wrote, God made heaven and earth in the first place, so he could make a new heaven and earth in the future. And he says, I believe this hope is unshakable because I believe it is founded on one who is eternal. It is a hope that has withstood the attacks of time and the corruption of religion. It is a hope freely given to anyone who would receive it today. I humbly put to you this alternative paradigm for your consideration. Jesus is our only hope. Well, that's the end of the quote. So, dear listeners, in the real world, it's obvious that all nature and mankind is running down. Evolution is nothing more than a deception. And I would suggest it's time for you to point yourself toward God, our Creator and Redeemer. He is our only hope. 